Welcome to Travel Market Life, your companion for industry insights and professional business development. Travel Market Life. Join us by webcast, video or podcast. Welcome back to Travel Market Life. And hello to 2021, where change is on the horizon. In this industry roundup show, we'll be looking at recent developments in the travel market and to try to get an idea of how we can prepare for business opportunities as they arise. So thank you for joining us. I'm Ryan Haynes. And I'm Sam Marsh. And in today's show, we're going to be looking at trends for 2021 and hyperlocalization in marketing. Travel Market Life. So two very big topics, Sam, as we look at 2021 bookings, uh, which there's been a lot of media um, and speculation about. Um, There is also a a lot of chit chat uh, going up the end of the year, how we were going to see a massive surge. Um, And also um, this place of the role of what hope hyperlocalization is. And we'll be having a closer look at that later in the show. Um, But first, um, I mean, this staycation boom. What's it really made up of? What, what, what have you discovered? Well, when doing some research, Ryan, I've had a look and found that, yeah, there is indeed a staycation boom happening at the moment with some hotels and particularly holiday cottage groups recording um, a surge in inquiries of over 300% compared to the same time in 2020. Yeah, I mean, that's particularly interesting, seeming as January 2020, very few or hardly anyone was really in a lockdown. Um, I think, you know, we had news of China, Wuhan. Uh, We had known that uh, Italy's um, infection rates were certainly on the rise. But Certainly for me, I was traveling. Um, There was no sign really on the horizon that we were going to have the lockdowns that we had. So this is quite a surprise. 300% is is quite a jump. Yeah, I wonder if some of it's perhaps driven because I have noticed that some companies are offering up to 20% discount on their holidays. So it could be partially driven by that. But also it is driven purely because people are afraid of going abroad at the moment, whether it's to do with the potential of catching the disease when you're on a flight or whether it's to do with the quarantines when you're having to return which obviously came in today. Well I also think there's two other issues that we have um, is the air corridors. Um, Are they going to be open? Are they going to be operating? Is there a likelihood um, that they're going to be cancelled? And also the cost of travelling abroad. I mean we've seen such incredible flight rates at the moment. I, I was just on Ryanair the other day and was was nearly able to get an 80 pound return uh, to go to Spain. However, then you have to get a PCR test. And I think this is going to be one of the sticking problems for the industry is how do you effectively get travelers to to be able to have a a, a, a reliable um, PCR test that's also affordable because prices are ranging anything from £40 up to £250 for some of these tests and you need to get them done within 72 hours of departing. Yeah I have noticed not so much in this country but I have noticed other hotels overseas one in Mexico that I spotted they're offering tests complementary to their guests for when they return back home which is quite interesting so that it's part of the package and then you know when they get there they'll be able to have this test before they leave so that they can enter their home country 
safe in the knowledge that they're COVID free or they were at the time of the test taken. I thought that was quite a nice point, but I haven't seen companies in this country offering that yet. I mean, I think it's, I think, you know, countries um, across the world are going to be doing anything they possibly can do to get their international uh, tourists, uh, particularly those that are high spenders uh, like the British uh, when they go abroad. Um, But I think the other issue we have is that we've, you know, we've got the the UK ministers particularly, you know, talking uh, about um, not expecting people to have a holiday this year particularly a summer vacation that people may have to consider leaving that to 2022 uh which you know leaving that for another year um you know j- just just makes you realize um how fragile the industry is um but then it goes back to these surges that we're seeing um visit cornwall um seeing that bookings are up 50 percent on 2020 um though some of this data we do need to look closely at don't we because it's not just driven by new bookings it's it's also being partly driven uh, by people needing to rebook the cancelled holidays um that they've they've already had in their agenda yeah indeed yeah but like you're saying as well it's quite interesting you're going back to your original point about how politicians are suggesting that you might not be able to go abroad anyway i mean nicola sturgeon has given hints that Scots might not be allowed to leave Scotland. Um, She didn't say anything to confirm this. And she's also potentially suggested that Brits might not be able to travel into Scotland. But she's been very careful on how she's wording it at the moment. But that'll be an interesting topic to follow. Absolutely. Um, I mean, what, one of the things I also noticed was some commentary from Simon Calder, um, who, you know, is is one of the four speakers really on the travel sector and 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 consumers traveling, um, in the UK. And he commented that perhaps you know there are many countries that don't actually want British tourists, um, and they're actually marketing um to other markets. And and in fact, I was speaking um to a number of members of the Institute of Travel and Tourism, um only last week and they were saying that a lot of the companies that they're working with are starting to um, identify other markets other than the UK market uh, as a source of tourist tourism um, be- just purely because it's it'll be easier for people movement um, but also um, with the with the challenges that apparently the UK government have caused around the air corridors. Yeah, yeah. And there's also been talk as well that some, Dr. Hilary Jones saying that some uh, potential, some British people are a bit nervous about going on an aircraft because of being in that confined space for, you know, at least one to two, if not more hours on board an aircraft, which that's a bit of a shame. I think airlines, I know, would refute that claim because, they, you know, I've worked in aviation and they do have extremely good systems of air filtration but obviously that information isn't getting out to the direct consumer um, who are a bit nervous of of getting on board a flight and I suppose that's where if you're a European country looking at another European country they may be able to drive a lot more easily because you you know you haven't got to get across that sea um, border and you know it's that or perhaps trains that are a lot people might view that as a lot more safe than flying well in fact interestingly uh, data that has just been released from airbnb says that travelers have most often opted for bookings recently of between 50 to 500 miles from their home Um, whereas pre-pandemic most airbnb bookings were more than 500 miles from home so it it does seem that distance is a big deciding factor for many travelers and particularly with someone like airbnb they're going to get the insights um, as to what's happening across different nations and 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 that appetite uh, for longer distance traveling 
And I think that is perhaps the, the, one of the biggest issues the travel industry is going to face is uh, longer haul uh, destinations, um, even short haul destinations. I mean, uh, I was speaking, as I mentioned, to the ITT and a number of tour operators were talking about the fact that they were having to madly and quickly develop 2022 packages um, because of the demand that's coming in for foreign holidays for next year. Um, so actually trips outside the UK for, for 2021 um, don't seem to be such a priority at all. No, and I think when people do book as well, when they come to book, what you said there is quite interesting, packages. That's what people are going to go for, I think, in future, because where people have self-packaged in the past, what you saw this year was the problems around getting refunds and things like that, where you've got, you know, your flight with one company, you booked your hotel separately. So people are looking now to get a full package from a tour operator. I think this is going to be great news for travel agents and the like who have wanted this. Um, but obviously it changes the way things are going to be done. You know, people perhaps won't book a flight direct with an airline anymore and then a, a hotel separately. They're going to book it all as a package. Yes, indeed. I think that is a big risk um, if a holiday is cancelled and whether they're going to get their money back. And, you know, th there is a lot of push um, for uh, people to take atoll protected holidays, uh, particularly in the UK right now. And one of the other interesting developments um, that we found was um, the diversification of tours by established tour operators, particularly the adventure specialists like Intrepid and Wild Frontiers. Yeah, some of these companies in the past have had packages that they focused on on um, overseas in places like the USA but now they are launching they're actively looking at packages where you can do things within the UK so only last year a company Natural Britain launched um, and they have UK trips on sale for this year and it's everything it's kind of bringing the fun aspects of what you can do in the UK that you might have thought about going abroad so things like dog sledding but doing it in Wales or pony trekking but doing that in Cumbria and things like that so it's just slightly different way of holidaying here at home but you know we, we've come to accept that you know travel was instant and um that we could just be anywhere within a few hours um and now we've we've got a completely different mindset we are going to have to get quite used to a different form of holiday particularly for the next couple of years and perhaps for for our generation it's peculiar you know it wasn't much for us to be able to book a last minute flight and pretty much be able to go anywhere around the world you know businesses themselves also need to look back and need to look inward and, and, and see how they can make their local area appealing um, to tourists and 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 try to um, capture their imagination and I, and I think that's the key thing isn't it it's, it's being able to capture people's imagination today yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've we've been watching with interest, actually, because I live in the Lake District, at what some of the local companies around here have been doing to try and capture that, like you say, hyper-localisation and what they've been doing, because obviously they realise that they're not going to get people travelling from further afield. Now, obviously, this is not so much travel-related, because you still can't go and stay overnight somewhere else at the moment, but it's what some of the other businesses have been doing, um, for example, our, our local pub just up the road from us, they have been renovating. They haven't even had a chance to open yet because of everything that's gone on. But they launched what they called um, staff tea, which is basically what the staff in, in restaurants would eat. So while they can't open their restaurant and bar and accommodation, 
they're doing takeaways. So you turn up and you can order online a lovely takeaway. You have to cook it yourself when you get home. Or when I say cook it, heat it up. But, um, you know, it's a really good creative way of them being able to get some income coming in. Because at the moment, nobody really knows. 8th of March is banded around as a potential beginning of things opening. But we don't know yet. So it's good to see when companies do things like that. Yeah, I mean, customer satisfaction is um, going to be one of the uh, key drivers for success of businesses, particularly in the travel sector. And, you know, one of the things, one of the, one of the points is that the, this, uh, customer satisfaction has actually fallen to its lowest level within the travel sector for more than a decade. And it's no surprise since they had to deal with a number of cancellations and rebookings and refunds, um, a lot of uh, and big ticket items. You know, consumers are putting hundreds or thousands of pounds down for a holiday. They want to be able to trust that company. Um, but customer satisfaction on the whole across all industries is apparently at its lowest level um, since 2015. Um, so there's a lot of work that companies need to do to keep their existing customers happy. And that really needs to be a priority uh, for companies as we move forward. And, and you know, you, you talked on um you know what companies are doing locally and i think this is where we should look at a closer look at what's happening on local levels for businesses travel market life okay so yeah it's quite interesting to see how companies have really developed by taking on board the whole click and collect aspect which is something you first originally would have associated with your supermarket shopping but now you can get food that you can get that way you can get gifts and things like that so that small businesses were able to continue trading but in a slightly different way one that we spotted last summer for example was an ice cream company um, locally obviously they'd really lost out because we had that beautiful weather at the start of lockdown last year they didn't have people popping into their shop to get ice cream the way they did but what they were doing was delivering it to people's houses and I thought that was a really creative way of still getting their product out there um, but, you know, doing it in a safe way that fitted with all the regulations we were under. Yeah, I mean, we've got a local um, fish restaurant down uh, by us and they actually are doing lobster meals. Um, so yeah. you you can do, um, you know, um, they'll, they'll provide everything from from a champagne and the wine and the entrees and the desserts. And then they'll come and deliver everything to you as a three course meal um, so that you can actually have a proper dining experience. And we've seen a lot more of that happen over the last year. Uh, another company that I know and um, they've specialized in hampers and uh, local hamper delivery now she was running this business um, before the pandemic started but her main source of income was actually running a drinks van at events like festivals um, and you know that was her main source of income obviously with the event circuit running dry and no festivals happening over the last year um, she actually saw a big surge of interest coming for her hampers and that's now become her uh, her primary income and um, also working with a lot of local suppliers uh, she's obviously been able to build that business network locally and expand her business so there's a lot of localization happening and that is because of the restrictions that are in place now google has just uh, released some data looking at local search trends, um, comparing January 2021 with January 2020. Well, really interesting is that um, 
January traditionally being a month that people look at the New Year's uh, resolutions, uh, you know, searching for gyms and restaurants, uh, winter vacations like skiing and, you know, various forms of self-improvements, that actually we're still doing a lot of the same things. We're just looking at it in a slightly different way. So rather than searching for international travel destinations, people are searching for local travel. Instead of searching for the nearest gym, people are searching for at-home workouts. It was only last week I had to do a double take when we'd had quite a bit of snow in our area as I saw two snowboarders walking past our window off to um, snowboard down a local fell and you think is it going to become something in future? It's, It's interesting to see Brits are so resilient we'll find a way of being able to do anything where we can so these guys have probably historically gone every January or February to the ski resorts in Europe not been able to do that now they've bought their snowboards and gone right there's some snow in the UK I'm going to find a slope that I can go down great fun yeah and I, and I think you know with everybody on furlough and looking for things to do it's no surprise that there are an increase in search results for certain things and there's a lot more people out and about doing things that they wouldn't necessarily have be, have done before but I, what I think is important um, is by looking at actually the trends in marketing and as a marketeer and a business owner what do you need to be thinking about today Today, right now, uh, to take opportunities that are available um, for for growing and developing your business, we're seeing that global has to become the new local. So, really, this idea of hope hyper localization. What are big brands doing locally to remain present? So, you know, there's been a lot of new digital marketing technologies uh, to enable um, the target of transient markets. So geolocation, for example, uh, has the ability to capture people in specific locations. Hotels, for example, like a core, um, have been going local by marketing to people within the vicinity of the hotel for the last few years, um, utilizing their apps, um, which Independent properties can also now use this technology to market to their neighbors. Uh, Social media, as we know, um, has been able to do this for some time. You're able to target people within specific locations. And we're also seeing that of TV advertising as well. It's becoming much more smart. The more digitalized it's become, the more you can do geo-targeting capabilities. Um, And as as we are today, and and we're not allowed to travel far, we're not allowed to go far, and as the restrictions open up, and as you say, uh, Sam, uh, we're expecting that we might start opening up from from March, Um, but the government has been insistent that we're not going to be able to go back to the way things were for many, many months, and and maybe not into next year. So we're still going to have those regional restrictions. Therefore, you know, growing your market, growing your audience is going to be incredibly reliant on how you can supply your product. If your product is local, you need to target to local people. If you can um, send and parcel your product, then obviously you have a better opportunity to reach a wider audience. But anything like a hotel, a a travel agent, tour operator um, or an attraction at first, they really, really need to be looking as local as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the one thing we've seen around here that people have really utilised has been a mixture of, like you say, social media. Actually, I've never before seen gone past little village notice boards and seen so much on them as you see nowadays, because people are just utilising those tiny little things to promote their products locally and using word of mouth, And also liaising with other businesses that are perhaps in some way linked to yours, where you can perhaps work together. 
and you know it's it's nice to see in that way that businesses are just sort of doing that and working more closely with their what might have been seen as competitors but you know we all have to come together at times like this oh we do and you know i I don't think it's just for times like this. I, you know, I, I really think that it is um, essential to to your marketing and to your business to have a very strong network of local partners um, in which you're, you're working with collectively and collaboratively um, because you never know uh, when you might need them. But it depends what sort of business you're running. I mean, I worked very closely with a friend of mine who opened an independent pub during the last recession. Um you know, it was a pub she'd managed before, um, but it'd been a few years. Um, so she had, you know, after a few years, she decided to buy this pub. Uh, we worked on a marketing plan for the business um, and we did simple things. We placed it in the local guides. We updated independent pub guides. We shared the news with the specialist pub trade and uh, with the regional and local news and magazine outlets. We partnered with local businesses, mainly like uh, local retirement villages, uh, sports clubs, camp- camping parks, coffee shops. All of which um, to, to to get them or encourage them to to, to to recommend that the pub. Well, within um, two years, she'd already achieved her five year plan. And during the pandemic, she was able to capitalize on on her Sunday roasts that had become so popular by delivering them to patrons on the Sunday. And just prior to the pandemic, she managed to diversify her business by moving into B&B. So she is going to really capitalize on those staycation bookings this year. And so it it really is um, important to, to look at who your partners are how you're working with people, how you can share one another's resources and how you can work with your existing customers and fans and followers uh, to drum up that much needed word of mouth publicity that's going to get you get people coming through those doors. Yeah. And on top of that as well, you can back that up by pay for options as well, because, you know, now is a good time to look at your local newspapers uh, local magazines, local radio, and do things with them, whether it's a pay for advertising or whether you can get some editorial in there because you've got some news that they might be able to utilize. You know, it's a really good opportunity to look at these ones that before, you know, everyone's always been obsessed with wanting to be in national print and this, that, and the other. But local's a good way to go forward and it's a good place to start right now. Well, that concludes our tips and advice looking at hyperlocalization in marketing. We are indeed. And in the meantime, if you do want to find out any more about what we talk about, check out travelmarket.life for other podcasts, other stories that we've done over the past 12 months. Ciao for now from Ryan and Sam. Bye. For more, go to Travel Market Life. The music sensation by Zach Nelson is reproduced under license from Storyblocks. Travel Market Life is a Haynes Marcoms digital marketing agency production serving the travel and technology industries.